Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. So the theme for April is rebirth and renewal. So let's embrace the example of nature and throw off that which is dead and embrace a new tomorrow. So today, Heather and I are going to talk about how time off refreshes clarity and creativity. Mm. Okay, Heather, uh, I need you to define time off. (laughs) Are you talking (laughs) about a week's vacation in Maui, which I am all about right now, or taking an evening walk? I need to know how much much of a hypocrite I am in this subject. So... (laughs) I don't do either. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. This, this will be a little bit of a wake up uh, conversation then. Uh, It's, it's, it's both Christina. And I think that's what I try and honor with people. Again, I want to remind everyone that I, I work with these incredibly high, high, high achievers, high level, (laughs) very creative, intelligent adults. And I kind of joke and sometimes with them and say, Oh, here we go again. You're trying to tell me you all you need is three breaths of oxygen a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to tell you it's probably closer to 5,000. And you want to keep convincing me that that's all you need. So part of the work that I do uh, is really reminding people when they're tired, when they're lacking their creativity. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful gifts you can give yourselves is what I call restorative rest. And many of them are just patting themselves on the back saying, well, I'm getting my seven or eight hours of sleep a night. And I go, well, that's a start. <laughs> Many of them aren't even getting that. So sometimes I do have to start with, well, how much are you sleeping at night? But um, it's really beyond that. It's into the sense of what am I doing to restore my spirit? Mm-hmm. So I call it the thrive plan and it's a daily awareness. And that's usually around an hour a day, monthly. And that's usually around two to four hours a month. We, um, excuse me, weekly, and that's about two to four hours a month. And, excuse me. <laughs> Can we start over? Who, who needs rest? Who needs some restorative rest right now? <laughs> I think I need some restorative rest. Okay. Um, so daily, it's around an hour. And the only reason I'm saying this is because people go, what does that even mean? I'm learning how to define it. Daily is like about an hour a day. Sometimes you even have to just break up the hour because they can't get an hour. I go, that's fine. Can you try and get 10 minutes? I literally got negotiated down to one minute a day, three times a day, three minutes that she was able to find her with herself. I mean, these are the people I work with. They're amazing, but they keep wanting to tell me they don't need stuff. And I go, okay, great. Then if you, if what you're doing is working, please keep doing it and write a book about it. Cause I would love to learn how to live off of three breaths a day, <laughs> but I'm the type of person that says, well, I think you need to put your oxygen on first before you put it on someone else. Right. You know, thinking about, what we do in the plane, we put our oxygen mask on first. And the reason why flight attendants had to start saying that was because so many parents were passing out. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to, they were trying to put on their kids first and then they would pass out. And then both kids, you know, both people would pass out. They had to start saying, parents, put it on yourself first. That way you can help your kid. Same thing here. You know, this thrive plan idea is kind of what you do daily, what you do weekly, what you do monthly and what you do annually. You do have to write it down to recognize what it is that you typically need for your spirit, your mind, your heart. You'll be amazed at how your inner wisdom and your creativity starts coming alive once you give yourself what you need. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I think COVID has added a layer of complexity to this mm-hmm. subject too, because um, I don't want to call a friend to go out because it's complicated knowing what restaurants are open. I don't want to be around too many people. And obviously a lot of us haven't gone on vacation because traveling is really complicated right now. Have you noticed that people are having a harder time relaxing due to these shutdowns? And ironically, we also need to relax more than ever because of the craziness of it all. It's making us get more creative on how we rest and how we relax. You know, I became aware of, really, I got to know my neighbors. (laughs) We're all lonely, right? So (laughs) we're all like stuck at home. You might as well like, we're all kind of running outdoors and waving to each other. And so I remember going from the car to the house and just waving at neighbors, but never really stopping and talking to them. And everything changed with that, where in our engagement and our social world with our neighbors became very strong. I found myself stopping and talking to them for 20, 30 minutes. I would have never done that before because why I'm busy. I've got all these things I want to do and I'm having conversations with other people. But when my world immediately shrunk overnight I thoroughly enjoyed my neighbors. So there's this rich uh, opportunity that came out of that. Uh, my husband, and I joke, we'll go sit on our front porch and <laughs> neighbors will just come up and we start chatting and talking because yeah. I think we're all looking for that space to just relax and connect again. Um, so I think how restorative rest works for you and recognizing what is it that you're looking for that's allowing you to lean back and relax. Um And I will say that there's conversations where people want to kind of talk to me about politics and Mm -hmm. all the trauma going on in the world. And I go, "Mm, nope, I'm working really hard (laughs) to get my rest here. This isn't a conversation I want you to bring into my world and my life. There's enough crisis going on there. I I get to create a peaceful world around me. I think just owning that and recognizing what you actually live in and what you are actually inviting into your world, you have a choice over that. And so my next question is, do you have any homes for sale on your street? Because to be your neighbor would be completely awesome. (laughs) Yes, I do. Please come out. I hear that there's one going up for sale uh, right near me. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk later then, because how cool would that be? Way cool. We we wouldn't have to do it on a Zoom. We could sit in the same office and have our wonderful podcast and our our YouTube channel. That would be amazing. And I'm an excuse maker and I'm a, I'm like your clients. I don't take time off because I'm an independent contractor. If I don't work, I don't make money. And I'm a mom who puts my kids first. And most importantly, I'm an excuse maker. And I know that these answers are absolute crap. So what's the real issue with people like me? Like we have all these excuses. I can't, I have to do this or that. Um, Why don't we want time off or why don't we make time for it? Yeah, it's like the million dollar question. Um, I think this is why I'm busy with the work that I do because I'm working with all these achievers who just their life stops working for them (laughs) and they need a new way. And the only reason I'm laughing is because I did the same thing. I wanted to keep pushing, 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 and I got results for a time and then it stopped working. Mm-hmm. I had to really stop and evaluate how I was honoring a marriage, uh, being a mother, running a company. I had to stop and really make sure that I was honoring that 
And typically when we keep saying yes to things, we want to keep the same pace in every area thinking we can do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our whatever 5,000 breaths of oxygen we take a day gets reduced to about 2,000 and we're still doing okay. And we get it down to 1,000, we're doing okay. When we get it down to that pathetic three puffs a day, man, we've been far gone for a while. Mm-hmm. So what what the process is, is kind of this time of, it's a time of reckoning. <laughs> Say, I think this has been off for a while. And I, my biggest focus is usually at the time they get to me, they're pretty tired. And I say, let's try resting. They don't really like that initially because they don't feel like it's productive enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the cool thing is I just say, well, if you trust me on this, I promise you go try and find some of your, your tire swing, your star time, do the things that we referenced before from my book, the bracelet, things that give mm-hmm. you life, uh, things that you enjoy you will find that you are much more centered and aware and wise than you realize. You've just been running so fast, so hard that you haven't stopped and pulled over. Um, It's like trying to run a marathon and never taking a break. Many of us finish a marathon and as we cross that line, we're already running on that next marathon. We haven't refueled. We haven't stopped and um, checked in with our family, friends. We just keep running for the next marathon. And we're not cognizant of the fact of how hard we've been running. We're not paying attention to the toll it's taking on ourselves and the relationships around us. Mm -hmm. And you've been saying restorative rest, which I want to kind of talk about right now, because certain activities, like I consider rest, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't refresh me. Like I could spend a whole day binge watching. uh, Actually, I have been uh, the Durrells and Corfu that you recommended. Love that. Yes. Love it. And so, but now I'm like a total blob or uh, I invited a friend over who's kind of her own hot mess and I'm more exhausted when she leaves than when she arrives. Yeah. Or I want, I decide I'm going to make a quilt in a day. And then I create these huge expectations for myself because like you said, productivity, I need to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. So define restorative rest and those activities that it entails. Yeah, I think it reminds me of I was talking. I've never been interrupted on a any uh, keynote speak before, but this time I did, and it was hilarious. I think it was about <laughs> 250 people in the room. I was talking about restorative rest. This woman interrupts me, raises her hand, and she goes, what do you mean by rest? It was the funniest thing because I've never been interrupted, but I, it just hit me. If someone has to stop and ask, what do you mean by rest? You can tell what the issue is in our society. Mm-hmm. So I thanked her and I just said, well, yes, I didn't realize I had to define it, but I'm realizing that now. So thank you. Let me define it. And I got really good at defining rest because a lot of people wanted to understand it, but didn't have a clue what I was talking about. They just kept thinking maybe an occasional nap or massage, or maybe my seven, eight hours of sleep means that's what she's meaning. So, you know, when I use that allegory of the bracelet where the young girl who's wearing so many bracelets and then stops visiting her tire swing and spending time on the stars, when I actually talk about restorative rest, I use those two examples, tire swing, jumping on your tire swing and having fun, which was what she loved doing. That's what we call an active rest. So making a quilt, but still enjoying it and understanding what you need to pace yourself. That's an active rest. Okay. Um, laying under the stars to kind of listen to the voice on the wind. And that's kind of your inner wisdom and maybe what you're hearing from divine guidance you get to step into more contemplative rest to actually stop and listen. So, 
in in binge watching on something like the uh, uh, Durrells and Corfu, (laughs) it's awesome way to rest. Okay. Now, if you stay in that, that means that you're not finding other ways to rest, but you're in a busy time of your life. It's a lot of exhaustion that you've got two young kids. You're running your own business over there. Mm -hmm. Something like that is a really fun way to rest. And that's something you, you take a lot of pleasure in. What I have to notice is, and I totally am a binge watcher. So I will sit there and just enjoy it for a day or two. And I, I have to finish it. I have to Me finish too. the series. Okay. All right. It's a bit OCD probably, but I've, I've just embraced that about myself. I'm like, you're good. Just don't start another series in two days. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just have a little bit of boundaries here. And I did it yesterday. I started some series and I was like, oh my gosh. And I had about five or six hours completely off. Everybody in the home is gone. Man, that was the most luxurious treat for me to just Mm -hmm. lie on the couch with my two dogs and just binge watch the show and enjoy it and then be able to the next day going, I feel strangely refreshed. I mean, I would woke up at 5 a.m., had my morning time, went for a run, and I could feel myself completely refreshed. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I'm still living on my own here. I've got about three more days before the rest of family comes back. So I can see what it is that I'm kind of how I'm resting and how I'm enjoying this restorative rest. Uh, And I can feel my creativity coming back, you know? So the binge watching is just, it's a form of rest and it's, it is a restorative rest to a degree. If that's the only thing I'm doing over and over and over again, that's when it begins to become a flag. You know, I'm stopped doing art. I've stopped doing connecting with friends, um, inviting people over, you know, doing stuff that I love. Um, that means that I'm just still trying to just get enough fuel in my tank to go the next extra mile and restorative rest. When we do it right, learning how, what it feels like to live with the full tank, Mm -mm. I mean, you become a new human being. Many of us just give ourselves just enough to then push ourselves even harder. And so that's part of why I work on this idea of a thrive plan. What are you doing daily, weekly, monthly, and annually? And how are you keeping the kind of this cadence every year to feed your spirit? And guess what? If you're going through crisis, you're going to have to up it. You know, you're going to have to increase what it is you're doing. You're going to have to decrease the stressors. When I was going through grieving the loss of my father, my thrive plan became very, very simple. And my world became very small. Because I couldn't handle a whole lot right then. I had to say no to a lot of things. I had to step away from commitments. I was in the middle of just trying to manage myself day to day. So in the middle of any kind of crisis, whether it's that personal loss or what we're doing, dealing with a global level, keeping a pulse on kind of that cadence of what you need, you know, that's really how we find our restorative rest. Long answer to your question, but did it answer it, Christina? No, I love it. And we we're talking about creativity and you just mentioned that. And even with your father's passing, I know you painted this beautiful painting. And so what role does creativity and rest, how do they interact? Yeah, for me, and I've seen this really for humanity, um, how we step into our creativity. One of the biggest myths is say, oh, I'm not a creative person. Um, And I'll talk about it being into the right side of the brain. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not right brained. That's a big myth. Hmm. Every human being has two lobes to their brain, (laughs) but I'm like, you didn't get born with half a lobe. We each have a left and we each have a right. What that looks like for each individual is their journey to take. 
So for me, it's been art, it's been painting. Um, I'm living a very full life right now. I don't even have time to get my paints out. Mm. It doesn't mean that I've, that I have to just let go of that. Then I've found other ways to do it. Um, like I said, I had a good friend and client send over a song to me today. It was seven minutes long. I seriously tried to listen to it. Actually, she sent it to me yesterday. I kept trying to listen to it. I kept getting interrupted. So finally I go, <laughs> okay, that's a sign. If I don't have seven minutes to listen to it, yes, that's a really unusually long song, but I wanted to listen to it. So it was the first thing I did when I woke up this morning. Cause I was like, I just want to listen to it. And boy, was she right on. So that's one way that we engage that right side of our brain or creativity. And I read a, a poem right after that. So these are all ways that we can do it. Um, I did a vision board recently with a friend and honestly, I just cut out magazines and pictures and, and really put a vision board together for my, for my life and for my year and what I want it to look like. And there's a lot of different ways to engage with creativity. We can do it in two minutes a day. We could do it in large projects. Um, but whatever that is, that's kind of ignites your spirit to say, yeah, I want to engage the right side of my brain a little bit more and think through this. Um, a really basic way to start is just listen to a song for five or 10 minutes or listen to some music and just doodle, just doodle on a journal page or a piece of paper. Um, that actually has the capabilities to really impact how you wake up that right side of your brain and the creativity starts coming alive. And I've done workshops on this for years. I had one woman who's been coming to my workshop for, I think, about three years in a row. Mm -hmm. And she came back the second year and she said, Heather, you said to just do this 10 minutes a day. You need to know it changed my life. Really? And I'm going, what? What'd you do? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Remind me. And she said, she, she said, you said to just doodle about 10 minutes a day and listen to some inspiring songs. And she goes, it helped me navigate the death of my mother. Um, my sister had cancer and I went through divorce. She goes, it saved my life. And she goes, I had no idea that was coming. And I, part of what that does is not only does it soothe you, but it gave her as it soothed her and comfort, comforted her, it gave her the internal wisdom and fortitude and clarity to make the decisions she needed to make that she'd never had to make before. So it was very powerful to listen to her kind of share about that. It seems like creativity and rest are symbiotic. They kind of feed each other and cause each other to thrive. Is that true? So true. I mean, that's why we, some of the most creative professions, why you see hammocks in their room and, and or you see in their office. I don't know if you've seen any of these cool marketing places. Mm -hmm. They've got all these spaces for these, for their employees to go rest and bean bags and fun chairs and hammocks and cereal bars. <laughs> They're doing these fun things to help their employees to kind of take a beat, pull back, rest, and their creativity begins to flow. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to who you were meant to be too. Like if you're creative, then I mean, we're talking about rest, but sometimes work doesn't feel like work. Like I love doing graphic design because it's just fun for me to play around with it and it's work, but it's kind of passive work. And so where does passive work come into play with rest? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. It made me think of when I was teaching, you know, I had every, I had bean bags in all the corners of my room and <laughs> every kid, they got a clipboard because I didn't believe that they needed to sit at their desk all day long. So when it was open space or free time, they knew if they wanted to stay at their desk, cause it made them feel very secure and comfortable. They got to stay there. If they needed to get up and go do their multiplication over on the beanbags, they could. 
Um, if they wanted to go lie down in the grass and read outside, they could. It was, and these were little kids. I, you know, I did everywhere from third grade up to eighth grade. Hmm. Once you give humans the permission to do what they need to do for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That creativity comes alive. You know, and I just had one rule, like don't disrespect this or you'll be back in your seat. (laughs) It's that simple. And to watch their, you know, I had, I had hundreds of students and to watch them honor that basic rule of, wow, Mrs. Penny's going to actually honor the fact that I want to go lie on the grass and I will get my work done and I will be better for it. All you have to do then is prove the results. You have to come in and prove it and show it to me. And it was really cool to watch them. That was just a, a one ex, you know, kind of experiment that comes to mind as I think about that. I think we make, we try and make humans all do it one way. And if you are made to sit at a desk all day long and that works for you and you get productivity, well, more power to you. It, but not every human's made that way. So I think listening to what you need, whether in your place of work or in your personal home, you're able to start paying attention to what's bringing the creativity and what's really smashing it down. Mm-hmm. So with your clients, do you advise them to maybe set a timer on their phone? So like every day you need to do 10 minutes or do they schedule it on their calendar today? I'm only work this Friday. I'm only working until noon. How do high level achievers make time for rest? Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. I have all levels for it. So um, the one is one that gives my mind where she was negotiating with me and we got it to one minute a day, three times. I said, okay, how are you going to do it? She literally had it on her phone and it pinged her. What in this typically is what happens once she did that and realized that she could get three different minutes a day, the world wasn't <laughs> going to fall apart. It moved into 10 minutes, it moved into up to an hour, and then it moved into a girl's weekend away. She okay. began to let herself give herself what she needed. Um, one guy I'm working with, he's really struggling with this and I'm watching him struggle with it. And so I'll just ping him and I'm like, did you take a breath today? Hmm. So, and then I'll send over some, either a funny video or something inspired or something just to remind him. Um, and I think that how we, how we step into this with people is critical. I even had last weekend, you know, I just, um, you know, I had these executives come out and I was able to stay in that with them and create a rhythm for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people come and stay with me, <laughs> do an actual one-on-one retreat with them so I could walk them through. Here's the kind of the cadence or the rhythm for how you step into your world and begin to do what we call our dailies, our morning time. When do you want, when are you the freshest and when can you step into it? When I work with high level people, I really encourage them. The way you start your day will make or break your day. Hmm. A lot of times they get, well, I'm not morning person. I go, it's funny. You're probably a morning person for those emails, (laughs) you know, or whatever it is that's coming at you. You are a morning person. Put yourself first. What is it that gives you life? What is it that's going to inspire you? So when I work with executives, I do all levels of let's talk through it and let's set that up for what works for you. Or literally, let's you know go meet somewhere and live it out for a couple of days. And that's where I then create retreats. So it's really powerful. I do a lot of work around this idea of restorative rest and what it is that you need and that works for your world. The biggest lie I will just leave everybody with is mm-hmm. I don't have time for this. Or I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest myth. And if you continue to live in that false belief, that's what starts taking us out. We start wondering why we can't keep up with life, why we're melting down, why we're angry at everyone, why we're depressed. These are signs that you're only giving yourself a couple but you know, breaths or only filling a little bit up in your gas tank and pushing yourself to run that next mar- marathon. Mm. 
Well, we'll leave on that word of advice because it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all the time we have for today. So join us next week when we continue our theme of rebirth and renewal, because we all need it right now. Yes. Subscribe to Heather Penny podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, please visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day. And we can't wait for you to join us next week. Let's all go get some rest now. (laughs) (laughs) Go jump on those tire swings, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Heather. You're welcome. Take care.